Welcome to Unashamed Unafraid, a show unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming into Christ for healing. Where we talk about real recovery stories, answer anonymous questions with experts, and share resources that actually work. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm your co-host, Jason. And we are Unashamed Unafraid. What's up, friend? Hello, friend. So... Another story of hope, my brother. Oh, man. This is... I'm probably going to talk about this in the New Year's episode. So, uh, just what I want to name about uh, Devin and Tana um, is... uh, It's just one of those, like, you can't make this up. Mm. I think... um, I get it. And it's like, I have a podcast and a book and I'm sharp. And I'm in that crowd. So, like, I get it. Um, And... uh, But there's just something... Man, these are just some real people from a real place being real about it. Just authentic, vulnerable, like real vulnerable. Awesome. Yeah. And this is not a polished story. No. Like it's not, this it's, is, it's not a finished story. Not that any of them are, but this is not a... Yeah, like they, they sat down and they looked at the mics and they're like, so we speak into these things? Or that's, <laughs> no, just kidding. It wasn't like that, but being silly, and we were, we were silly in the episode, but um, yeah, just... And what I love about what we're doing here and and why, you know, we invite people to to join us and, and donate and help us do scholarships is like, um, like this is the point, right? Like yep. you cannot, like their story is their story. It's a witness. And when you put all of these witnesses together of all these stories, it's like recovery is possible. It's, it's possible for you. There, there's healing me. here. And I just, I can't wait for people to get that. Totally. So um, if you need help, unashamedunafraid.com slash scholarships. Scholarships are available now. I invite you to go and apply. If you want to help us build those scholarships and get into the bonus content here, which is awesome, uh, particularly with this episode, go to unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. Give us five stars on iTunes. That's where the people uh, find us. Follow us at unashamedunafraid on Instagram and Facebook. And let's get in the studio with Devin and Tana. Let's do it. So do you remember the burger place B and D? I do. I feel like this is like that, but it's T and D, which just means authentic, real, delicious. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Tana, Devin, how are you guys? Good. We're great. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. So, um, I, I'm going to ask this question because um, we just like to kind of get in the here and now. So, I'm um, showing up just a little bit nervous, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're probably the the only nervous ones, aren't we? <laughs> um, I think out of uh, me, Jason, and Chris here, that I think you're probably the most nervous. Um, I probably would name that. But so so then tell us tell us how you got here and and what the nervous is about. I guess that's me. Um, so I want to say like five years ago, I found your story, and I don't know where you were talking. Um, I want to say you were talking to a crowd, but then they put it on a podcast anyway. And I heard your story and I knew my husband was struggling and I was like, you got to hear this guy's story. Like if he can make it, anybody can make it. So that was where it all started. And you had just barely started your I'm sorry. You had just barely started your podcast. 
and I looked up your website and I just knew one day I wanted to be here. And here we are. I'm curious what you're sorry about. <laughs> that I'm so teary. <laughs> I'm an emotional person. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious why that's worth apologizing for. That's a great question. <laughs> I might have some shame around that. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't think you should. I guess that's what I want to name. So you can be as teary as you want to be and we'll probably join you. So tell me about that experience for you. I'm trying to think of, because she, she said, you got to listen to this guy's story. And, and I listened to it and, it and it did touch me. And because she had tried a few other podcasts to get me to listen and uh, it never really clicked home. I didn't really get into it. And I heard, I heard your story and I thought that's, that's crazy. And, uh, and, and I could feel the spirit in it. And, and, and that was at the very beginning of, of recovery for me. And, um, and it's been a long, long process and kind of slow motion, but, um, but it's been quite the journey. Yeah. Super cool. And so I, I think my follow-up question is that that's how you got here. And I know how you got here was my good friend, Jason, the Darth Vader of audio also twisting your arm. Um, <laughs> so I, I understand that. Um, and my question, it may not be the same for two of you, for both of you. And I can hold that. Why are you here? Despite all the nervous and the uh, temptation, as you said, Devin, to turn around when you were only three <laughs> minutes away from arriving here at my house. So, um, so, so how you got here, super tender story. Love that. That's how I got here too. Just for me, it was Chris Bennett who happens to be sitting right here, Chris and Autumn. Um, but why are you here? Because it's hard to be here. I think we're here. I mean, we just want to share our story. I know it's not like the biggest story, but we, we wanted to... I don't know, give hope to somebody that, that recovery is real. Because for me, when I was in the height of my addiction, I didn't see hope. I didn't see the hope that, that there was an out, that I was able to overcome my problem that I, that I had. Um, and so we just want to, to share it. And I don't know, we hope that there's a benefit to that, I guess. I, I don't know. I'll, uh, so that's for you. I'll let you speak for you. Um, yeah. So for me, I've just always had this like burning inside that's this desire to share our story. And I mean, to one day be in a good place to be able to share the story. And um, just for the last year, I've been, I, I would say like attacked by the spirit <laughs> to share, to share it. And um I just, it was such like a perfect opportunity that Jason would end up that they're in the same 12-step meeting. So it was just, it's God's hand in our life for sure. So, um, so I I guess getting, um, right to the meat of that, um, what is it about your story that we need to know? Uh, that's a great question. I really, I don't know if I have the exact answer. Oh, it's unless, not my story. Unless it's so, honestly. It's not story. So it's going to have to come from you. We're happy um, to help out, but. Unless honestly, it's um, for ourselves to like grow um, and just really get into that unashamed and vulnerable space of just putting ourselves out there. And so tell me why that feels like the next step for for you guys and and your recovery and healing and connecting together. 
I'll tell you why I know. Because Satan has attacked us for the last two months since we told Jason we were going to do this. And that to me is total affirmation that we're supposed to be here because he doesn't go after those people that, you know, are, are, he, he doesn't, I mean, that don't have the strength. I don't know. There's something we have to share. I don't know what it is, but oh, if you could just see the last two months of the fights and the, I don't know. It's just, he attacked us completely. And that's how I know we're supposed to be here. <laughs> like the Lord has something we're supposed to do here. Yeah. Ditto from I, you, friend. Or? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Now that I think of that, yeah, we have been attacked by Satan. And um, I mean, even last night and, and Tuesday night, it was an attack. We had babysitters cancel because, and we were able to make it happen. <laughs> I, I just want to say right now how, I'm feeling so much like admiration and love for you guys right now. Thank you. Like I just, you're my heroes. So I want the previous version of this. That's where I want to start. Cause this is like, there's a lot of love in this room. And like, I, like I see you guys, like I can always tell there's the glance thing. That's what everyone doesn't get to see. Like there's just a glance of just like tenderness and respect and love that keeps happening between the two of you. And, um, uh, cause he doesn't look at me the way he looks at you. And so I guess like, tell me the previous, like version of that. So, um, when did you get married? How long have you been married? Ken tells the story. So we got married in April of 2013. Um, so what were nine years marriage and, uh, I don't know. You just want to start at the beginning. So, yeah. So nine years married. So how did you come into the marriage? So coming into the marriage, I mean, we, we knew each other growing up too. So um, kind of dated in high school and then off and on. And I served a mission for the LDS church. Where did you go? Um, Oregon, Eugene. So the best mission ever. But uh, Go Ducks. No, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, she wrote me my whole mission and, we, and that's when we became really, really good friends and um, really um, started to, I guess, create that relationship and, and basically fall in love. Um, I came home and we started dating. And at that time I had let her know like, Hey, I have this problem. And, uh, so I came to her and said, like, I, uh, I, I've struggled in the past looking at pornography. And, and to me, it was just something that I had struggled with before my mission. And now I'm, I'm ready to go and I'm healed and I'm done. It, it's over. Um, and, and, so we had that conversation before entering marriage. Um, and, and shortly after marriage, you know, I, I don't know, maybe months or a couple months, I fell back into, into the pornography. Okay. So put you on pause for a second. So tell us how you showed up to this party. Um, so Devin was cute and he was friends with my brothers. I think he still is. But <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he had asked me to write him on his mission and we were just friends. I mean, we kind of liked each other, but I was keeping my options open. And I thought, okay, I'll write him for like two months. Probably give up after that. And I just loved the way that he made me feel. And he was so honest. And I saw this different side of him through letters than I saw in high school. Um, he's a really quiet guy. And it was cool to just get to know him through letters. And so, yeah, when he got home, 
<laughs> he made it all sound like all nonchalant. But when he told me that, like, he was like, I got something to tell you. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <I'm not good. laughs> OK, so my initial thought was he's bi. Like there's like, I don't, I don't know. Pornography didn't like even come to my mind, you know? And so then he tells me that he had struggled with pornography and I'm like, what? Like, no, they, I mean, no wonder the prophet was always talking about talking to the men, sorry, the prophet of the LDS church. Um, he was always, um, talking to the young men about pornography and this and that. And I'm thinking, I I don't know any boys that struggle with that. And here it is, my boyfriend telling me that he's had this problem. And I was devastated. And I think I kind of hurt his feelings um, because I was so devastated about it. Uh, help us understand what that means. So like, like what was devastating about it? Oh, okay. So growing up, all you, all I'd ever hear was pornography ruins marriages. And, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm, I, this is the guy I want to marry. What if this comes back into play? Because he made it sound like it was a past tense situation. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle that. And, um, you know, what if, what if that happens? And so I, I, I cried to him and he was very quiet. And, but my, I talked to my brother who came to found out, find out later he struggled with the same thing and I never knew it. And, um, He's just said, would you want to be with anybody else? And I said, no. He's like, then you're going to make it work. So that's what we did. <laughs> so I want to ask a question real quick uh, to Devin. Um, because I, I want to, first of all, I want to like acknowledge that you had the courage to do that in the first place, whether you were spotlighting or not at the time, right? Like whether you thought it was a past thing or not, you had the courage, unlike some of us, to face it before the relationship started. Right. And so I want to, I want to acknowledge that first, but I want to ask you what that was like for you going into that, knowing that you're going to be telling this girl who I'm guessing at that point you kind of knew. Right. Right. Yeah. I knew, I knew I wanted to marry Tana. And, uh, so for me, I just, I, I really didn't want to enter marriage kind of blindsiding her. I, I really wanted her to know and for me, yeah, I was scared to death to tell her. Um, cause I, I literally hadn't told a lot of people in my life. And, and so I just knew I had to, to bring that up that like, Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. Cause she, she thought I was perfect. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it was for me. And so, um, she kind of like named growing up and kind of that. And so for you, like, what was like, what was marriage about for you? Marriage for me. You're how old at the time you're getting married? We were. I was twenty, twenty-one, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. 20, I, was, yeah, I wasn't I was, there. <laughs> I'm not, I guess I'm not looking at you. So, yeah, I was twenty-one. Um, and so, marriage for me, it looked like. I mean, I, I I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have children, um, and I just wanted to move on to the next step of my life. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So, um, tell me. So you said you grew up together. Where did you grow up? So we're up a uh, small town, Hennifer, Colville, Hoytsville. Up better, Hoyts, she grew up in Hoytsville. I was in Hennifer. Summit County. Summit County area. Utah. So, um, <laughs> we're down. We do some retreats up there in Wanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're down to clown with that. So um, we'll insert the James question here as he's not with us. 
Um, so from, from kind of that growing up, I guess, as you are right, like stepping into this marriage, like who was God to you? Like if you were to describe him, like I would describe, you know, Jason here, like, yeah, Jason's kind of an audio nerd. He's into star Wars, um, super big heart. Um, you know, all of that loves to give me crap. That's how I would describe right? My friend, Jason. And so for you, like at the start of this, of your guys's journey together, where were you at in who God was? So for me, yeah, I, I, I feel like I had a good belief in God. Um, he was more of a, he wasn't more of a buddy. Like he wasn't a buddy, buddy to me. Um, it was more of like this big, all powerful being that wanted me to be perfect, wanted me to, um, not struggle or sin. And, and so for me, I guess, falling into sin and, and struggle, it, it really, I guess I felt like God wasn't there to love me. seems like a lot of pressure. Yeah, it, it was a lot of pressure that, that I had to, to live up to his standards. And, and if I don't, then I'm not going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it was for me. Mm-hmm. Who is God to you, Tana? I've always had a pretty good relationship with my Heavenly Father. Um, I knew he was there. I knew he loved me, but I didn't know my worth with him. Um, so at the time you were getting married, how did you see your worth? Like he was proud of me, but like, just cause I was doing what I had been taught to do growing up. Like as long as I'm, I'm checking these boxes, he's proud of me. He'll bless me as long as I'm doing X, Y, and Z. You know, like, that's how I can explain it. Yeah, totally. And so um, a follow-up question to the James question. Um, Knowing what you know now, looking back, right, nine years in in hindsight, what, what shame and wounding did you bring to the relationship? I brought a lot of... Of shame to Tana and a lot of hurt now that I look back. Um, and I did not realize it, that, that pornography could, could harm my spouse in the way that it did. Um, cause obviously I, I, I thought Tana was beautiful and, and still do. And, but she didn't see that and, and compared herself to a lot of the pornography that I'd watch. And so that did a lot of harm to Tana <clears throat> and so, so that's what happened in the relationship, right? Like as the relationship went forward, but like what wounding had you experienced in your life that you brought, brought to the marriage? So like I'll, I'll name, you know, one for me was I just had a ton of abandonment and I, I didn't know that. I mean, I for sure didn't share it with Kayla. I was yeah, I, I, as you know, I didn't disclose anything when we got married. I was totally still living in the duality and the lie, right? But that was a wounding that I didn't even see in myself at the time, um, which is how abandoned, you know, I, I was and I had felt, um, and and in a lot of ways, hoping that Kayla would fill that whole hole for me, um, you know. So that was one of mine. I, Jason, what was for you when you were getting married? Oh boy. <laughs> Um, I think for me, it was just the validation, um, just, uh, never feeling like 
never feeling like I was good enough, never feeling like um, anybody really, truly liked me um, is really what that was about. Um, I didn't feel accepted by other people. Uh, and so for me, like marriage was like the ultimate acceptance, like, holy cow, this person loves me. So like, that's amazing. Right. And that's not a bad thing, but there was definitely a lot of that validation seeking, like making her that source of validation for me. So I guess for me, um, I like to run away from my problems. Um, anytime I had stress or, or anger, I would turn to pornography or I would just not not speak about them. So I, I did a lot of shutting down early on in our marriage and, and not a lot of communicating. Yeah. How come the runaway strategy? I think because I was taught not to face my fears, not to, I don't even know if it's fears, but just to my, the problems, not to talk about problems. Um, we kind of grew up in a family we didn't, talk about the hard things. If, if there was a struggle, we, we, we kind of push it down, sweep it under the rug. We're good to go. Um, it, you know, we just, we don't talk about it. And Tana comes from a family where they talk about everything. So it was kind of complete opposites. And, and so I think I brought a lot of hurt to that when, when I didn't talk about stuff. What, what was your sobriety like before marriage? That's a good question. It's a very blurry, dark time. Um, Probably very little. Um, I don't know. What would you say? Like you little remember? sobriety? Like, like or? very little sobriety. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like the height. So like mm. probably viewing pornography, I don't know, every other week maybe mm-hmm. and masturbation and. Uh, yeah. 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 So Tana, back to you. So what was, what was the wounding that you brought here to this relationship? What had been going on in your life? Mm. I like, I'm going back to worth because I've done a lot of work there. Um, I got a lot of my worth from boys. Um, what like they thought of me. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like a total get around girl or anything like that, but I mean like as long as, as long as some boy liked me, I, I must be okay, you know? And, um, cause if a boy likes me, what that means to me is that I'm worthwhile. I'm lovable. I'm there's, there's something good about me. So I, I had a lot of self-worth issues. Um, where'd those come from? <laughs> I think a lot of rejection in, in like my childhood um, and, and not, I think more rejection in my mind, like that I would make up in my mind, um, stories that I would tell myself of people, like how they would respond to me would be like, they must not like me. And so I took a lot of that. Tell us about one of those. Oh man. Oh, um, this is so silly, but it's like the only stupid little story that's coming to my mind. Yeah. Give us that one. Okay. Um, like I was probably 10 years old and I, my mom gave me this cute bag (laughs) 
And this has nothing to do with boys, but <laughs> my sister's friend was like, why do you have a purse? You're only 10. And it was like this instant, like, oh man, I'm like the biggest loser. <laughs> and I don't know why that's so significant, but I felt so ashamed and so little and so rejected. Like my older sister's friend must think I'm just this total dope. <laughs> and so I got my worth a lot from what other people thought of me. So, so we were just having this conversation in the previous episode um, about uh, how people look at it as little T trauma, big T trauma, right? Like, well, I wasn't abused as a kid, so it must not matter, right? Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that your pain matters and what happened matters. And whether it's made up or not, it's real and it's pain, right? And that right. your story matters. Yeah, thank you. And, and I, I mean, I'll speak for myself and I think I'm speaking for most people listening, like that hit in, you know, my little 10 mm. year old self. And, you know, for me, it wasn't purses. It was, you know, the right basketball shoes or, um, you know, some different things like that. Yeah. But that need to belong and, and be accepted. And, um, yeah. And I, and I love that you named that because, um, you know, so often, um, and particularly I think in the recovery space, you know, we hear sometimes stories, you know, and it's like, I was beat as a kid or, you know, I was abandoned by one of my parents or, and I guess I, I, I relate to that because, I remember sitting my first recovery group and I've shared this before, you know, guys like, yeah, every Sunday after church, doesn't matter how good you were. It wasn't good enough. Physical abuse would happen. And I was like, Oh, like I get why you're here in this recovery group and messed up. And then feeling the shame of like, I don't have a story that merits how messed up I've like been. Like I, I don't have an excuse good enough for how bad my behavior has been. So that, 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 um, as you shame labeled it, stupid little story. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> doesn't. No, I just, I, I appreciate you kind of owning your shame. And so, so that, that's kind of the shame that's, uh, you know, showing up here. And so what, what did you hope was going to happen by getting married? For me, I was hoping that it would go away, you know, cause once we get married, we can have sex my, my sex tendencies of wanting to view pornography, masturbation, it's all going to just vanish, go away, we're healed. And so that's, that's exactly what I thought. And, and, and I know a lot of people say that. And that's exactly what I thought. I'll get married so that I don't struggle with this addiction. Or I didn't even see it as an addiction, as, as this sin that I'm doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for me, it was like, sweet. I found the one. I can, now I can be a mom. I can just have my fairy tale. Like, yeah. you know, you think of all the, I would always think, Oh, I'm going to have the, um, chick flick. Like that's, that's going to be my life and it's going to be perfect. I'm going to be Cinderella. <laughs> and so it was perfect. Mm, Episode mm. over. No, <laughs> I wish we wouldn't be here if it was. I, the first few years were very dark. Uh, I think back to them and, all I can see is darkness. What made it so dark? <laughs> um, at the time, I didn't know what was making it. Well, you know, I didn't know it was dark. <laughs> I didn't know that there was no connection. I just thought this is, this is how we live life. This is um, life. You get married. You have 
kids, you start your family, and husband goes to work, you know, I'm just modeling after what my parents did, and except um, they didn't have this one little issue that we were running into, <laughs> which was, hey, I have this feeling. I would often get feelings um, from what I believed to be the spirit telling me that something was wrong and something was off. And and she was right 100% of the time, every and time. And so I would ask Devin, hey, what's going on? Like, spirit's telling me something's off. And um, maybe he told the truth like 30% of the time. That's a yeah, pretty good probably percentage. Probably if that, if that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so... That I'm, I, th- I think that's why it was dark. It there was a lot of lies. There was a lot of I don't know disconnection. And so this is going to sound stupid, but I just want to name it. So I, it's rhetorical, but so why was that so painful for you? That's not me saying it wasn't, but so often I think we say things like that, and we're like, oh yeah, that was bad, and I'm like, well, tell us about that. Because my prince charming was lying to me and hiding things. And I had no idea what was going on. And and he had this whole other life. Well, this whole other world that he was in. And he, and I was too scary to, for him to tell me anything because I would cry or freak out or cry myself to sleep many, many times. So what was the messaging you took about you? I wasn't enough. And, um, but at the same time, I still had some confidence because I hadn't ran into it. I, I didn't know what he was viewing. So I still had this little bit of confidence like, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I'm still a catch until I ran into it. And then my whole world shattered. So tell us about that. <laughs> I, I don't know where that began. Um, oh no, I'm. Or you tell you us. You want me to that. tell you? <laughs> well, yeah, you can't drop a bomb like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Everybody's on the edge of their seat. Um. So we were living in my parents' basement. We had two kids, and we were going to build a house. And one night, I had a, a very strong prompting that his problem was worse than I had let on. I'm a, I'm like a very naive person at this point, okay? I'm thinking pornography is pictures. Like, that's how naive I was. And so I think that's maybe why I still had a little bit of confidence. <laughs> um, anyway, so I had this feeling that it was bigger than it was and, and that he wasn't going to go to anyone else for help and that I needed to help him. And so I went to him and I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on and I don't know how big or or terrible this is, but I feel like we really need to address this and I don't think you're being honest with me at all. And I don't know if you remember that conversation because every time I bring it up, he can't remember it, but I remember it so well. And he just sat there and I'm like, I need 100% honesty from here on out. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> that later that night, he fell asleep on the couch, and I grabbed his phone. 
and we had tried filters and things and he hated everything that I, we would try to lock down the, the phone. And, and I'm like, I asked him one day in passing, I'm like, how do you, how are you still viewing it? Like, I thought your phone's locked down. And he tells me that it was on YouTube. And so I get on his YouTube, which I've never done in my whole, like my whole life. I, I would I just wouldn't touch his phone. I'm like, I don't, it's fine, whatever. So I get on there and holy cow, my whole world was rocked. And that's when I just lost it completely. And I just had never seen anything like that. And I couldn't believe that was my, that the love of my life, that that's what he was doing. And I had no idea. And I felt so small and like ashamed that I hadn't tried sooner to help. You want to speak to that? <laughs> how, do I, how do I do that? Well, so I guess the question I would ask is, um, I think everyone in recovery crosses this moment where like they finally can see the pain. So, so for me, it was not a disclosure for, for people who don't know my story. I came forward and it was like a giant nuclear bomb. And so 11 o'clock at night, we're sitting in a therapist's office and I'm like, oh, by the way, prostitution, tons of porn, all this stuff. So Kayla, shocker, super traumatized, right? Says all the mean things goes out of the office. And I remember sitting there, the therapist went after her and saying to myself, like, I need to manufacture emotion right now because this therapist is going to walk back in here and I have to look like I feel really bad about this. And that was actually the first time that I was like, oh, I'm messed up, which I later realized I'm like, that's how numb I was. And so, um, Devin, my question for you is like, when in your process of recovery, do you feel like you were able to really see like, and you named it earlier that you're like, I know I caused a lot of pain. And so you kind of named it topically. Like, I know that happened for me. And, but I guess like, so tell us about that moment. Like, when could you finally be like, I'm in a place that the denial's out of the way and I can see the pain that I've caused. So for me, I think it was off and on, but I remember th- this one, one moment comes to my mind when um, Tana came to me and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to head down to Moab with my family, my brother and um, your, your, your parents and stuff. And so the second she said that, and I had work to do and, and I couldn't leave. So she was just going to take the kids and go down and, and immediately in my mind, and, and we were kind of in the recovery process, aware of this. And, um, instantly I thought this is my, this is my weekend to just have a free pass of whatever I want to do. And, and so, you know, long story short, she left and, and yeah, I, I had free game on whatever I wanted. And at that moment, I knew I couldn't trust myself. Um, and it, it did, it hit me. And I thought I, I can't even, I can't even be honest. Cause, cause she knew she, you know, she's like, Hey, you're going to be good. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll be, I'll be just fine. And, and I couldn't even trust myself to, to make it what, two days, three days. And, uh, <clears throat> and that was the moment when I knew I, I needed more help than just a filter on my phone or, um, just, just the little things that we were doing. And that's when I started, um, seeing a therapist and, and, and really digging down into it and, and, and starting the, the steps, I guess, is when I started that. But yeah. So would you say that was kind of the low point for you? Yeah. Yes. And no. I mean, I, I feel like I've had so many rock bottoms of where, 
I, I come out honest and I, I'm all gung ho to change and we're doing the therapy and the things and then I fall deeper. So, but yeah, that was, that was one of the first, first low points where I, I recognize that this isn't just a, a minimal thing that I can quit every night um, or ever, after every time I view. It, it's not something that I can just, just instantly stop. So check in with us on where you're at the, in the journey now. So do you feel like you're still like bouncing between low points and high points or do you feel like you've gotten off the merry-go-round or yeah, you're I, still figuring out how to get off the merry-go-round or? Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like, and that's why I wanted to come and share my story. I feel like pornography is not just weighing over my head. I mean, it's been what, two, two, three years that we've been through fighting through this journey um, since that first therapy. And uh, I, I finally feel like Hey, I can, I, I can go a day or a week without like really, really wanting to view pornography or really trying to go around the loopholes and, and behind my wife's back. And it's, it's, it, yeah, it's been a lot, a lot better. A lot, a lot of weight has been lifted off of us. Yeah. So tell us where you're at, like with your sobriety now. That's, that's what we were talking on the way down and it's, it's hard. Um, as far as like, cause I can break it down. Like I haven't viewed hardcore porn for like, it's probably last year. This time, um, probably six months since I've, you know, kind of dabbled in the little stuff and about a month ago, uh, relapsed with masturbation. Uh, so, um, I mean like tons of progress, right. And progress and not perfection. And, and I'll, I'll name here in case anyone thinks that I'm endorsing that sobriety is not real. We totally believe in recovered and we don't believe in once an addict, always an addict. So naming that. Right. Um, but so how did you get, how did you finally get off the merry-go-round to where you feel like you're making real progress? Tell us the magic sauce. <laughs> Cause you did it. It's different now yeah, than it was. So something happened, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what that was. I know well, for hook me, us up, bro. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> quit holding out. Um, 12 steps has been a big, big part of it. Um, I started the ARP program. Um, and that was a big part to help me with, uh, connection. And, um, cause before the 12 steps, I still so thought ARP is the LDS church's 12 step program. Yes, sorry. Just anyone yep. who doesn't know. Yep. Nope. You're great. Um, so for me, before I, I, I visited the, the 12 step meeting, I literally thought I was alone still. I didn't realize that, there were men just like me that were struggling. And when I stepped foot into that building, um, it was amazing to see. I mean, there was like 20 guys there that, I mean, they just seemed like normal dudes that, hey, we also have this pornography problem. And I felt like, hey, there is this brotherhood. There is this relationship that I can have with all these men. And so the 12 steps was really a big help to let me know that I'm not just a loser that's alone. Um, and then... I would say honesty. Honesty has been huge for us. But how did you shift in that? So yeah, hon been honesty big, was that's a been tough the one. Biggest struggle in my recovery, personally, that one. Honesty has been a tough one for me. Um, currently, we have. It's not even a filter on my phone, but it's a accountability. We, we have covenant eyes on my phone, uh -huh. and so it sends screenshots to Tana. So I, I really can. I, I think I can look up stuff. I, I haven't tried. Cause I know it's going to send her a picture. And so, um, which actually last night I was searching some stuff and, and, and a picture came up and I was like, well, that's, that's not good there. Um, and, and she was gone and, and, and I didn't do anything with it. And then she came home and I thought, 
I wonder if Covenant Eyes is going to send that picture too. Because as I was scrolling by and I thought, I'm going to tell her. So I told her and uh, just just to be be clear of that. So the the accountability app has been a real blessing to me and I, I really don't want to get rid of it. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's kind of helped me with my sobriety side. Um, so, so I'm going to jump in for James again. Um, Love you, James. <laughs> so where is God now? Do you want to start that one? Um, God is a lot closer to me. Um, I know it's not perfect. It's not... My relationship with God isn't exactly where I want it to be. I, I, I have a ton of room for improvement. Um, but he's not that powerful being that wants to punish me every time I sin. He's, he's a father that's there for me um, when I do slip up. And I've come to know that he, he really does love me more than I've ever, ever could imagine. How did you make that connection? Yeah, where did that come from? That's a good question. Um, Thanks. I was going to ask it, and then Steve asked it. So I had to, I'll, I'll I'll to say it fast so anyway. Jason wouldn't get it to it. So I guess I can think of my own kids and the love that I have for them. Um, and then I guess a lot of it's come from me listening to your podcast. Listening, I love listening to people's stories. That's one of my favorite thing to do is, is to listen to other stories and think like they actually were worse than I was as far as sin, right? And God still loved them. And, and I've been able to see in myself that even though I can make mistakes, God is actually still going to love me. He's cheering us on. I really well, feel like that. Yeah, I guess that's, I'm just, I'm just looking at you, my brother, and something just shifted. So what, what just happened? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'm just slowing us down a little bit here. Where'd you just go? What do you mean? <laughs> that, that whole, as you, as you named that, um, there's just like a, a relaxed that came into your body. Like your whole posture just changed. I guess I didn't realize that. Um, so just speak into that. I don't know. I think cause it, it really hits me deep. Um, I don't know. For a lot of my life, I've, I've always thought of God and Jesus as I guess not the cool kid, right? Um, where if you have a belief or if you rely on God or rely on Jesus, you're not the popular kid. Um, and I've slowly started to realize, and, and I've wanted like Jesus to be the cool kid, um, to be who I turn to every day. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, Cause I, yeah, I mean, there's a, a there's some stigma sometimes around a, a, a walk with God, right? That, um, yeah, <laughs> I love how you said that, that God's not cool. Well, because so often, right? I, well, I guess I'll just name, right? Like the adversary, like sin's attractive, right? Like that. And that's one thing I always name with people. Um, and particularly I had people like say, to be honest in a really shameful and harmful way. Like, I can't believe you would do prostitution or I can't believe this would happen. Like that, like who would go to do something like that? And then, you know, in hindsight, I look at that and I'm like, well, cause it, like it works. Like it's one hell of a drug. That's, I can tell you why. Right. And like I, I substance abuse hasn't been my thing, but as I've talked to drug users, I'm like, um, 
Yeah, there's a reason people do it. There's a cool, to use your word, factor. Like there is a payoff. If there was no payoff, no one would be doing it. Um, and so I, I can relate to that, that like God is boring. God is unfulfilling. <laughs> God, well, and we've all had those spiritual experiences. So no, that totally, that totally resonates, you know, with me um, of, of kind of that. I, I don't know. Something's resonating, resonate, resonating, resonating with me there as well. And, um, you know, all, all my life was a fight for acceptance. Right. And, and it was a shift for me when I realized that it didn't matter if anybody else accepted me because God accepts me. Right. I'm accepted by him. And in that moment, he's like the ultimate cool kid. Right. But like in a different way, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Like he's the coolest it. guy ever, right? Yeah. yeah and he yeah. accepts me. That's what we want. Yeah. So what does that mean about me, right? Mm-hmm. Back to you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so um, ch- check in with us, right, where we left off with you and the part of the story is um, just your worth being shattered, right? And so um, what what has worked for you and what has happened, you know, to help you have some restoration or discovery. I don't know if it's replacing what was there, finding it for the first time of, of your worth. Oh yeah. It's definitely um, a work in progress every day, but um, I realized that, well, and, and with Devin's help, I realized I needed support. I needed other women. Um, I was in denial. I'm like, why, why would I, why do I have to go and go to these meetings when Devin's the one with the problem, like he should just fix it and everything would be great. Um, but I also knew that I really liked, um, sharing it because it helped me feel better. I've always shared it. And I, I mean, I asked him from the beginning, like, if I tell people, are you going to be bothered? And he's like, no, whatever helps you. And I noticed that that did help me. And so I started going to, um, the support meetings that the LDS church puts in. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was a huge help just to talk to other ladies. But then I found an amazing therapist who really just like worked through so many things with me to help me see that I was so much more, um, than what I was giving myself credit for. Who's the therapist where I was looking for the good ones? Well, her name's Mindy Lundgren, except she, um, she got cancer. So I don't know how she's doing right now. So she had to take some time off, but, um, I have, I have a particular therapist who God decided to take, um, early chap and I'm, I'm still angry at him. God and chap both a little bit. So yeah. love you chap, but super pissed off. Yeah. And I'm not the only one. He has quite a no. few people angry at him, but yeah. So no, thanks for naming that. But so, um, right. So if I am someone who's listening, um, not just women struggling with worth, cause, uh, a lot of us men struggle with our worth <laughs> secret secrets out. <laughs> um, so tell us what that magic sauce was. Cause I just want to name like someone would have gone to therapy and didn't get that. Okay. And so like, what, what was it about that? Cause some people get it in church. Some people get it in therapy and 12 step and you know, it comes, but like, what was the magic sauce for you? Like what about that process or what was it that you really felt was shifting for you? The thing that comes to mind is when she told me 
And this is so simple. And I don't know why I couldn't get it for, I mean, I'd probably heard it before, but for some reason when she told me it wasn't, it's not about you. It's not about, and she's talking about Devin's addiction. She's like, it's not about you. And it's not about those women on the screen. For some reason, it really hit me that this wasn't anything to do with me. And that whatever Devin chose to do or what any what anyone chooses to do has nothing to do with me. But that my worth only comes from my father in heaven. And that he his opinion is the only one that matters. And and for some reason that just really resonated with me. And it's really what made it click for me yeah. to realize it had nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. This was his stuff. And yet I was trying to take, I will say this, I was trying to take the place of the savior and save him. No, you don't do that. <laughs> like this is his, <laughs> this is his. And I, it was heavy. Yeah, it was heavy yeah. to try oh, and do I'm that. Sure. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but I, sure. I think that that's a common thing yeah. for, for spouses to feel that that pressure, that obligation, because you're their person, you're there for them. Right. And, and that, and I mean, for anyone that, that pressure of thinking, well, if I do this or that or whatever, I just was listening to your codependency podcast. Like maybe I can, you know, change the dynamic here or something that I do, but really I had to let go and let my heavenly father do his work and, and do his work with Devin and, and his work with me. And what is so cool and that I discovered was I thought this whole process was going to be just about Devin and his addiction. And what I've learned was I needed so much healing within myself. And I was, I was able to, and I'm still able to um, get that. And it's been so good for me. Just so many things that I needed to heal from that I didn't know that I was facing and that I'd shoved um, down and within me. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think I'll name as, um, you know, addiction is a very codependent place. And so it's, it's, it's a, you know, as those of us struggling with addiction are acting very codependently in our, in our acting and addiction process. And so, um, I mean, that even resonates just with me being on the other side of the fence for me, right. On this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so as we're, as we're wrapping up like episode here, what, I want to come back to is, so what is your marriage about now? So we talked earlier in the episode of like why you got married, the vision you had, what you saw. Here we are nine years later. What is this marriage about now? I'm going to say <clears throat> our marriage is about being honest um, so that we can Cause, cause when I wasn't honest, it, it shattered the trust. It shattered our, our, our relationship and, and Tana wasn't able to trust me. And so for us to, to switch our marriage to being a hundred percent honest and, and nothing, nothing hiding, that's, that's kind of what we're after. So why is that <laughs> valuable to you, Devin? Cause I want Tana to trust me. I really want her to be able to believe me in whatever I tell her. And, and I want to be able to, to have a happy marriage and to, I don't know, just to, just, just to be happy with her. And, and 
I know that sounds silly, but <laughs> he he just wants all the happiness, and I'm just I'm just ready to fight whatever comes our way. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so tell me, answer. So for you, Tana, tell me what what is this marriage about now? It was it was a rom com for you, as you named right when you got started. Oh yeah. <laughs> so is that is it just still rom com now, or has it shifted over the last nine years? No, it's 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 so much more. Um, when you have to fight for your marriage everything changes like you're I mean my like my desire to be with Devin forever is so much stronger than it was I guess in the beginning it was all about just the, the things you gotta do you just have to do all these things and you'll have happiness no it, I mean now that we've actually had to fight for it it's like we're fighting for eternity you know and I just can't help but be proud of us and I mean, we're still in marriage counseling or therapy and oh, man, that, whoo, if you don't think you have problems, go ahead and go to marriage <laughs> therapy because wow, you will still be digging deep in there. But, um, it's just been such a blessing for our marriage because we are continuing to fight, even though we're in a better place in recovery, we still know that there is so much further to go. Yeah. I love that. So last two questions. Who's God now? God is God is someone who loves me unconditionally, no matter what I do. He's going to always love me. Um, and he's becoming my best friend. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say he's, he's definitely my best friend. I, I talk to him all day long. I'm sure he might get annoyed of me, but <laughs> I can't bug Devin all day. So I'm like, hey, Heavenly Father, it's me again. And I, I love that. I just, I know he's listening. Yeah. And so um, I think that um, some uh, some of the cynics, some uh, in being in the place of pain, might see the goodness here and go, man, these guys are deceived. He's full of crap. They're still in the merry-go-round. And, you know, they're just on an up right now. And this isn't a trajectory. It's a moment. And so um, you both have named like a hope, like a shift in hope that you believe that this is something that will be behind you. I always say I don't, there's recovery and then there's recovered. And I believe in recovered um, and, and in restoration and um, not, you know, maintenance or a lot of different words. So to anyone who's like, yeah, she says she's still working on her worth and yeah, he's kind of still on that journey. Like tell us why you have the hope that you have of getting to recovered. I can't help but just feel it. Like I know we're on the right track. We are, we're headed right there. I've, I've seen the changes I've seen in Devin like I'm saying, that whole, the whole first, I would say five years of our marriage were so dark. And to see the connection now, to see the way that we've grown together, I wouldn't come on here if it was going to be, if I mean, if I didn't have hope. And I, I see the stories and I hear the stories of people and I just know it. it it's within me. Yeah. And for me, I guess... I know I'm not going to be perfect the rest of my life. I know that. I know that life's going to bring struggles and, and challenges and, and I'm not perfect right now, but I can actually feel that, hey, I have changed and I have 
drawn closer to God. Um, and I, I just know that he's there and, and there to, to help me, to help me see the light, I guess. Yeah. I love it. So as you know, we end every episode with a song. So if you had a song that represented this journey that you guys have been on and that hope that you believe in. Yeah, we do have a song. <laughs> I always forget. I always forget. Well, that name. was obvious. <laughs> I've waited two years. They both like looked at each other and they're like, they asked the question. We, we have an answer. We wait for at the end of every podcast. We're like, oh, please don't be our song. Please don't. <laughs> oh, you we didn't, we didn't want someone taken. to steal it. Yeah. Um, our song is Lead Me by Sanctus Real. Mm. Nice. Um, and a good music video if you haven't seen oh, it. It's, yeah, yes. So Devin, Tana, thank you so much for being here with us, having the courage to step through that nervousness, not turn the car around, but show up here and to um, share your story with us. Uh, beautiful and, and honest and, and so grateful for it. Um, so if you would like to join us in the bonus content um, for some rapid fire questions here that are coming up next, Jason, how could I do that? Well, uh, you can donate and become an outsider. And those are those who are bold, accepted, and unashamed. And you can do that by going to unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. And uh, yeah, you'll get all the bonus content, not just from them, but from every other story we've done this far. And what if I need help? If you need help or you need therapy or a retreat or anything along those lines, uh, go to unashamedunafraid.com slash scholarships and you can find the help that you are worthy of. Can I follow you on social media? You can and unashamed unafraid at unashamed unafraid on all social media. And what if I wanted to rate your podcast so that algorithms populate it more in searches? Well, there's uh, iTunes and uh, you can go and give us five stars there. And with that... Um, <laughs> Jason's covered all of the things. Um, so thank you for being with us. We hope that you, uh, donate and join us in the bonus content. We're going to have a fun time. And if you don't, it's all good. We still love you and, um, hope to have you here with us again. Um, love to hear from you. Send us an email. And, um, with that, um, we will leave you here, um, and just invite you to stay unashamed and for sure, go check out this music video as we end our episode with lead me by Sanctus Real. Lead me with strong